Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, one of many leagues accounts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined by my co-host, making waves in the trade world, Devin Rambo. Devin, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Okay, jump the gun a little. Must be very excited to talk about the recent moves that you've made. So, we're running right up on the deadline. The 1 o'clock games are about to start. It's Sunday morning here at Scoop FM Studios, and everyone's looking around saying, where the hell is the podcast? Well, let me tell you one thing, two, two things. Number one, this is the part of the season that I could give two fucks about. I know, like, these last however many weeks do we have, three, four more matchups, these are going to determine everything. You know, these are going to determine... Um, uh, roster uh you know it's going to ter- determine how you ha- how you treat your roster uh you making it into the playoffs you're gonna lose you're fighting for a pick you need to make some trades in either which way i don't quite know but it's gonna change everything but to me it's like all right come on i've done 10 fucking weeks of this i gotta set another goddamn lineup choose between all these motherfuckers look at this injury i'm just like god damn it i need the playoffs here bad badly um and number two leaves fucking leaves if you guys buy a house trees are nice buy a house in arizona those fucking scummy bastards down there i don't know how they build their houses on sand like they do no trees no grass to cut no leaves to rake nothing to mulch it's a fucking dream out there in tucson baby but here in ohio every fucking day more leaves i've done so many fucking leaves and every day there's more but good news for me all my trees are laid bare. They're exposing their wood to the world, and they feel fucking fresh and brand new. So I'm doing the same. I'm standing here in my natural clothing, in the nude, looking at the work I've done and saying, God, I got a good-looking lawn, but it's kept me from you, and that makes me quite sad. So I you know, I could use this time to talk about some rookies, some Steelers, some other stuff, but I don't really feel like it. I just want to talk about Shad Dynasty League. Let's start with the waiver wire action. The top pickup of the week was Alex Smith, picked up by Billy for $28. He beat out my $0 bid. Otherwise, nobody bid anything. Goddamn whiff. The next highest was Jamal Williams. Eric grabbed him for $12. Nate uh, put an $11 bid as well. Uh, Dev got in there with the $2 bid. I was there with the $0 bid, of course. But, you know, uh, Eric gets him, which is good. I think Eric, Eric's in an interesting position. Uh, we'll get to that uh, soon when we get to the uh, the matchups. This is not going well. Anyways, uh, Nate grabbed Richie James for $8. Oh, my fucking Iuke. <sighs> that should have been Iuke. That should have been Iuke last week. That was a whiff. No one bid anything. Kobe Myers was added by Matt for $8. Fucking loser, Pat's homer. Uh, another, oh, I'm sorry. Bob put down a dollar. Uh, Mason Rudolph was grabbed for $5 by Billy. Interesting, because Ben, you know, might be COVID sensitive. Who knows there? I grabbed the Eagles defense for $4, beating Eric's $0 bid. Thought for sure Matt would bid on that. And it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit after that. So let's just say fuck it. Let's get to the trades that everybody's talking about. We had a double back-to-back trade pushed right up at the deadline. I think one went through in time. The other did not. But in the first trade, Billy gave Michael Thomas, Hunter Henry, and Denzel Mims. And in exchange, received Jonathan Taylor, TJ Hawkinson, Brian Edwards, and a 2023 round pick. Now, 
Devin, I have to ask you about Brian Edwards. So you put Brian Edwards in this trade. Can you elaborate on that? Brian Edwards would be fucking lucky to land on my team. Okay, so clearly there's some sort of weird animosity there. Is, is that part of the reason that you were looking to sell him? Is that why he's, he's not on the team anymore? Any, any parting thoughts for the kid as you ship him off to Bill? You know, because he was your he was your big sleeper guy that you oh everybody fucked up in the third round. Oh, I got Brian Edwards one route one snap. <laughs> I mean, he's done nothing. So, what do you have to say to him as he leaves your squad? Well, Brian Edwards, you did it. Fucking text Jake, text fucking John Gruden, tell him Monday Night Football's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Congratulations, Brian Edwards. Wow. <laughs> okay. Thank you for those thoughts. Um, so let's evaluate this trade. And I don't, I think, Devin, you need to consider the net of what he gained and lost. He clearly was the, uh, the he was, he was the um, Eiffel Tower or the London Bridge, so to speak, in this little three, three-way three gangbang. So he was the connecting factor. So we got to look at, he gained a little, he took and he gave and he came. And, and so we got to, we'll look at the net of that result. But just looking at Billy, so let's, let's go up and down the line. So giving up Denzel Mims in exchange for Brian Edwards. I prefer Denzel Mims, obviously, better draft capital, um, worse team, but producing more than Brian Edwards is right now on a bad team. And we know one of two things. The Raiders will probably run it back with Carr again. And I mean, they might make a wild card spot. So they're, they're just still kind of building out the roster. And I think they give Carr one more year. We know for a fact that the Jets are getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields at worst. So what Devin's doing here, Denzel Mims doesn't have to start for him one time. In the offseason, someone will approach Devin and try to get Denzel Mims because he's going to have a huge upgrade at quarterback. So I don't like that Billy gave him up because he waited all this time to hold him. And, I mean, we didn't know exactly if he would be a stud this year, but it certainly was looking like Denzel Mims was a move. You just, if you, if you already ate it, you just keep holding on because it's like, hey, it's not going to pan out this year. Who knows? It might later on. might next year. At least his value is going to go up. I don't see the same trajectory for Brian Edwards. Maybe the third makes up for it. So you say, okay, that's kind of a wash. Um but then, obviously, Billy getting Hawkinson over Hunter Henry is a huge upgrade. Age premium, injury risk, you know, current production. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like... And this is a thing about tight ends, I'm realizing, in Dynasty, and in, in football in general. You can have a fucking stud, like a Hawkinson and a Fant. Two mega producers at the college level, superior athletic talents, and you can say, oh my god, these guys are going to be fucking nutty. They're going to go nuts, new Kelsey's. Here's a fucking thing. It just matters. Like, number one, how much are they actually having? How much does a coach want to run you on routes? And two, what's your quarterback's preference? Like, Hunter Henry, I don't think he's a bad pass catcher. Well, clearly, Justin Herbert just doesn't like throwing to him. He doesn't. He likes going deep. He's not making that much hay with him. It's really more about who you land with and what their tendencies are, I think, than, than everybody says, oh, well, tight ends take a couple years to develop. It's like, okay, but everybody says that, and you look at Hunter Henry's, like, fourth, fifth year, which is when they're supposed to develop, right? And he's still not doing shit, you know? And you have a, you have a Noah fan who's been producing when healthy with Locke in his second year. I really think it's just down the quarterback preference and usage. It's really not on, not only, obviously the tight end has to be athletic and a playmaker to have any success, but that's what I've come to learn. Um, but I think that's a huge upgrade, obviously. 
But then, Michael Thomas to Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor's look so, so bad. He might be a bust. I'm not willing, I'm not ready to say that. And I've said this before. A lot of people are trying to throw out comps for him. The most obvious comp that nobody is thinking of, that no one says except for me. That's why you listen to me. I'm a genius and a fantasy god. A rare combo for one guy to be both, but I am. And anyways, he's, he's Melvin Gordon. Jonathan Taylor's Melvin Gordon. Big-time producer from Wisconsin, goes to the NFL, pretty inefficient with a lot of opportunity early on, and ceded opportunity to lesser players throughout the year. It was a frustrating rookie year. And even his second year, I think he was a little... It was really that third year, I think, was his best year. So if we look at Melvin Gordon, what was he over his career? Somewhere between probably going into every year, running back 12 to 20 every year, you know, lower lower RB2, which is fine. It's hard to fucking get those, you know? Um, but regardless, I mean, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas deserves... And I fucked up, okay? I've, I've done this before, and we all know it. I wake up twice a week, and I think about how Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones were on my team. I drafted them. I fucking drafted them in the original draft! And they're not on my team anymore. And I got fucking pennies for them. It kills me. And so I hate when I see young men making these same mistakes. Michael Thomas is worth two first-round draft picks. Now, you could say, hey, Jonathan Taylor and TJ Hawkinson were two first-round draft picks. Yes, they were. I've been down that road before, too. Come on. Where you were drafted doesn't matter for where you're at now. It's going to be very, very interesting, and I, I kind of want to do it as soon as the season ends. Try to come up with my redraft of the 2020 class. I did one for 2019. I never released. Spoiler alert, Daniel Jones was two overall in my redraft. He is not there anymore. So I'm going to do something like that where I'll show you where they were drafted, where I thought they should have been drafted preseason when I redrafted, and where I think now. So I want to do both of those, but let me tell you something. In 2020, Jonathan Taylor is not fourth overall. Hell no! I, I don't want to say I would take Antonio Gibson over him, but I mean, uh, let's just see how Antonio does with Alex Smith these next couple weeks. Uh, and, and TJ Hawkinson, same shit. There's no fucking way I'm taking TJ in the 2019 draft over Kyler, over DK, Terry, AJ Brown, Jacobs, Miles Sanders. I mean, I, you could even persuade me, hey, Daniel Jones was good for one year. I mean, he, he gave you some production one year at least. I, I mean... For real, bruh. Um, it's just a huge downgrade. And I think the, the like, okay, so you say, like, Hunter Henry, okay, you upgrade to Hawkinson from Henry, you downgrade from Mims to Brian Edwards, and Michael Thomas is John, it's just a cavernous pit. I understand wanting young running back production. I just think Billy could have squeezed a first out of Devin. I don't think he has one in 2021. I think he has one in 2022. I think he just got it. Or no, did he give up both of them? And now he only has one because of, um, he only has one because of the next trade. So I'm not sure, but I think he could have squeezed a little more juice out of that lemon that is Devin. So the next trade, sorry to bang on you, Bill, but you know, you're looking good. Anyways, the next trade, Drew, Drewby Dooby Doo, where are you, dude? You're giving up DeAndre Swift, 2021 first, and a third for Michael Thomas in a second. I think that's a great move. Got him at a great value, honestly. Again, I it's this is this is a tough sell for me. Cause this is this is a this is probably it, this is close 
to, you know, he, he got him, I guess, not for a steal, but for good value. Because, like I said, you could convince someone that Michael Thomas is worth three firsts. So you're giving up one first next year, two years from now, and DeAndre Swift, who was a mid-first this year, and a third-round pick I'm not concerned with. You know, um, but, so, I mean, you're getting him for a good value. But, again, I do worry with Drew's team. I don't like, and I'm partial to the draft picks, I don't like that Drew's giving up capital. I, I get he's getting another second. Now I think he has three seconds in the in the upcoming 2021 draft, which is nice. But he doesn't have his first anymore. He's, you know, he lost a first from the, the, uh, the last first he had from Bob in the 2022 draft. That was from the original Dalvin Cook trade. And I just think Swift has not had the, the best year. Um, but, or maybe not lights out like we might have expected. But that's fucking Matt Patricia for you. Um, I mean, if Carrion couldn't compete in that offense, <laughs> who can? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Um, I'm sorry. Anyways, um, yeah, Michael Thomas. I think I, I worry that you're giving up young running backs with potential and you're giving up draft capital for older wide receivers. Like, I just think I'm seeing a lot of win-now moves, and I get it. You're trying to get into the playoffs because you don't have your first-round pick, so, you know, fucking go for it. And Drew's put up some big fucking weeks. He's had a higher score than I've had all year on one of those weeks. So I get it. I just, it's not, I don't know. Maybe there's more moves to come. And Drew's done really well in in the drafts, you know, highlighting A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. But again, stacked at receiver and adding more receivers. I'm partial to the running backs and the picks. But you get Michael Thomas. I mean, when are you ever going to get him this cheap? So I go back and forth. Um, Yeah. So Devin, our London Bridge um, tag team net. Let's see. So on on a net, he gives up Jonathan Taylor, T.J. Hawkinson, Brian Edwards, and a second. He gets DeAndre Swift, Hunter Henry, Denzel Mims, and a first next year so yeah I mean on the whole that's pretty good I've already given all my thoughts on on all these players basically but I just want to read the net out loud to you so when you consider that I think Devin did pretty good but the fact that he didn't squeeze and what what the net's not showing here obviously is that he took Michael Thomas and 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 wheeled him and dealed him real quick but what the net's not showing is like hey, when you think that half of this trade was created by giving up Michael Thomas, does this sound like enough to you? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really for me. Like, Hunter Henry, Mims, you basically got two firsts, Hunter Henry and Mims, and you gave up Michael Thomas for it, and you gave up a lot of other shit as well. It doesn't sound like enough for me. Um, we've actually got a, a live caller who's requested to remain anonymous. Um, I don't know if he's going to use some some vocal effects to attempt to um, disguise his voice. I'm, I'm, I'm always for truth on this podcast. I don't prefer that. But sometimes you have those mob interviews. People are afraid for their lives. And this is one of those situations. So he has um, what he's telling me is some inside scoop on some possible, well, is this Scoop FM's biggest scoop of the year? Could that be happening right now? Is this guy really telling me that he's got the inside scoop on some possible collusion that was done with this trade? Okay, caller, 
I'm going to patch it through. I've prepped the listeners. They understand you're using a voice modification techniques. Folks, children listening at home, don't be scared. He's doing this for his own safety, and we're going to protect his identity. Caller, you're on live with Scoop FM. Thank you for your bravery, sir, and go ahead. Dad, you're a bitch for the things you've done today. That trade was a bitch-ass thing to do. My God. My God. Well, I don't know how to respond to that. I, I, I don't know who could have sent that message. But I implore you, sir, if, if you're feeling courageous, please reach back out to us with more information. Uh, you've, left, you've left quite a, a tasty morsel dangling in front of a string, and I'm bondaged in a dominatrix uh, chamber just trying to have a little taste of that meat. I don't think that was quite enough to satisfy me, but thank you for your service regardless. Let's get into the fucking matchups. What do you want to hear, huh? You want to hear about how the cuck division beat the bullshit division once again, bringing us up 12 to 9? You want to hear how I lost? Or do you want to hear how I'm 4-0 against the bullshit division, by the way, this year? I got one more coming up, and I think it's Nick. I think it's fucking Nick, and I'm ready to fucking go. But yeah, I lost to Dave. Who gives a shit? Dave won 143 to 103. Yeah, that's about that's about what Ayuk would have scored, actually. Probably would have scored about 41 if he had played. So I, I kind of got fucked by Coven. I got fucked by the scam pandemic again. But it's okay. It's all right. Edmonds didn't take over like I hoped he might. And I had a lot of injuries and buys, which I've had all year. I've had buys for so fucking long. So I've had more buys than anybody. But I've, I've definitely had some injuries. I don't know. D- D- Dave, look, okay. What do you want? What do you want me to say? One forty, great. Your second highest scorer was, or your third was Greg the fucking leg, other than Mahomes and Locke. Other than that, your team's garbage. Go fuck yourself. Bob versus Eric, our intradivisional matchup. I already told you we're 12 and 9 because of Bob defeating another member of the bullshit division. Bob wins 96.4 to 84. He didn't even start a kicker or a defense just to rub it in, just to rub it in his fucking face. Should have been a domination, but Brady was awful. Awful. He looked 54 out there. Even with Devontae Adams going off, he could have. Really smacked this dude if he had played Jake Luton or Tua over Brady, the big-time rookies. Um, but look, <clears throat> on Eric's side, he had Wentz on by. He had to play Flacco. He started Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Allen Robinson. If this were 2016, he'd have the best team in the league. <laughs> but it's not. It's Hellscape 2020. And um, yeah, but that's it. Anyways, if he had played Irv Smith over Corey Davis, he actually could have won this one. So that's crazy. Um, Bill versus Devin. Billy Boy wins 161 to 140. This was our match of the week. It, it made a big impact in the rankings, which we will get to. Dalvin Cook sealing the deal once again. Turns out Chark likes this Luton guy. He could get used to this. And Tyreek, he's good for one of a two-touchdown game every now and again, ain't he? He's good for it. You fucking idiots! The dog and the cat are fighting. I'm gonna fucking strangle them. I hate my kids. Anyways, um... Yeah, on Devin's side, Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, uh, and DK. But other than that, he doesn't really have much. So... Remember when he, remember the start of the year when he was starting Clyde Edwards Lair, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, and Devin Singletary told us, guys, I'm flexing three fucking running backs. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, but now he's starting. 
Clyde Edwards Alaire, Anthony McFarlane, DJ Dallas, Gus Edwards, and Sterling Shepard. <laughs> oh, it's a fall from grace, baby. I want to just read you guys this. Um, Devin, with all his first round picks, was texting the group the night of the draft, April 20th, 2020, and said, Those sexy young running backs, I emoji. And I said, Devin's going to pull the Dave Wiley last year. Draft running back back to back at two and three. That way, your Jacobs pick makes up for your Montgomery pick. Devin responded, Neither of them will be in any way similar to David Montgomery. I asked, Even slower? Um, yeah, it turns out that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor has been David Montgomery to this point. And Clyde Edwards Alaire's no Jacobs, I'll tell you that much. And what's hilarious is right before this, Devin sent me a text comparing Jonathan Taylor to David Montgomery. Oh my God, I'm like a fucking wizard. It's so fucking easy. It's too easy for me. Every year I could win this league. I could do two or three things to win. But every year I said, no, I'm going to give away Devontae. I'll give away Aaron Jones. Who gives a fuck? I'll overpay for Ryan Tannehill as he's having a stretch of Colts, Baltimore Colts. Back to back, three weeks in a row, I could have bought him on the dip, but I bought him on the high. I do these things not because I make bad choices. I do these things because it would be too easy for me to win otherwise. Okay, I don't play video games on cupcake mode. I play them on war god fucking veteran mode. So that's what I've done here. Anyways, Devin had actually no way to win this one, um, even though Curtis Samuel went on with his bench. Uh, Matt versus Nate. Wait, was that the match of the week? It was a good one, but I don't think it was. Matt versus Nate. Matt wins big, 164 to 114. He finally has a big week. He's gotten all these fucking wins, but not really scoring that much. Uh, But it was on the back of Josh Allen and Kyler Murray putting up over 70 by themselves. So, you know, Matt's whole strategy of I don't have any flexes, I don't have any good players outside of them and McCaffrey, um, turns out, yeah, when they do that, you don't need flexes. But, um, well, yeah, it's Travis Kelsey too. And when when CMC's back, that's all he'll need. He'll be good for the playoffs. Congratulations. Nate had the big cam day against the Jets, as I predicted. And a nice day from Zach Moss and Keenan Allen again, but Stafford leaving early with a concussion hurt. What? I defended your fucking honor with the dog, and now you're screaming at me. You're screaming at me during my podcast? What do you think about Devin's trade? Do you think he got enough for Michael Thomas? Very insightful. Anyways, Nate had no way to win. Nick versus Drew. This was the match of the week. Drew B needs these. And now you chime in. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, Drew wins 130 to 120.7, and Drew needs these two wins bad to get in the playoffs. He needs them badder than hell. Um, For Nick, Mullins was serviceable, but this is just one of those weeks. You know, buys, injuries. When you're a heavy wide receiver team, you're volatile. He didn't have his best game. It's okay. It happens. Now, if he played Duke Johnson over DJ Moore, he would have won. But, of course, David Johnson went out. He wasn't expecting that. Not a move he would have likely made. Um, interesting that when he took, when he made that trade with Devin last year to get DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin for Carson Wentz, I didn't think it was enough. I still don't think it's enough looking back, but it's funny because everybody would have thought like, well, the cornerstone asset he's getting is DJ Moore. It's definitely the other way around. I think I prefer Terry to DJ Moore long-term. Um, and for Drew, it's a good game from AJ Brown, Teddy Bridgewater and Brandon Cooks. Not much else to say. Let's wrap it up with the standings. 
Um, okay, now in first place, thanks to his win, and my loss is Matt. He's at six and three. He's got the six most points in the league. He's up two slots from last week. Leading the cuck division, leading the bullshit division is still Nick, despite a loss. He's five and four. Wow. Um, he's got the most points scored in the league, though. He stays the same from last week. I am now in third place, the first guy out of a bye. I'm 6-3, and three, better record than Nick. I have the seventh most points. That's not a big deal. Uh, I'm down two slots because I lost. Bill is up there. He's at four now. Holy shit, Bill jumped up. Oh, he was already at four last week. Sorry. But he retains his fourth spot because he beat Devin. So he's five of four. He's got the second most points score in the league. Dave is up a slot with a win over me. And with Devin's loss, he's at five and four, fourth most points score in the league. And Devin is your last playoff team in sixth place at four and five, below 500. He's down a slot from last week thanks to that brutal loss. But he's got the third most points score in the league, folks. Bobo is your first man Looking outside of the looking glass, he's at four and five. He's got the fifth most point score in the league, and he didn't even try last week against Eric. Drew is now, oh, he's in the same slot from last week. Still trying to get in that playoff bubble, just trying to scrounge up there. Can he fucking do it? We'll see. Um, Drew is in eighth place at four and five. He's got uh, he's up one slot from last week. He's got the ninth most points score in the league. With a loss, Nate drops down to the ninth slot. He's at three and six, eighth most points score in the league. Eric is in the 10th slot, 3-6, and 10th most points scored in the league. And your half-team win adjustment total thing that I said I'd bring up from time to time, if we ran that back, I would be in first place. That's up two slots from where I'm at now. Then Nick, same spot. Then Devin, up three slots. Then Dave, up a slot. Then Matt, down four, down four. He's only had three top half finishes out of how many weeks? How many weeks? About like eight or nine. I mean, uh, Bob would then be the last guy in the playoffs. I put him up a spot, and Bill would be in seventh. My three slots now. And ain't that funny? Bill's got the second most points in the goddamn league, and he would fall. He would fall. He's had some big fucking weeks and some low weeks. So kind of interesting. That nature, Eric. So, anyways, that's it for this week, fellow travelers. Um. What should our match of the week be, though? What a tempting, tasty schedule. The 10th game of the year, only four games remaining until the playoffs? Hmm. Well, there are some decent ones. I mean, I'm looking at particularly Bob and Dave is quite enticing. They are both fighting for the precipice of a uh, playoff spot, and I believe if Bob wins, that would put him in and Dave out. So that's a big time move. Now, for but I think my, where my money has to go, he he's tempted me. He's called me Poop FM, as if this as if this production for how hard I fucking work for you to call it Poop FM. Do you smell any excrement? Do you hear me shitting my pants while I record this? No, there's no poop involved in the production of this podcast. So what? I don't get it. What's the joke? What's the joke that the podcast is called Poop FM? that I actively shit my pants while I record the podcast, that all I do on Poop FM is talk about poops. 
what comes up in poop sometimes uh, lobster shells uh, hot corn husks uh, little nuts do I talk about the color the shape um, the the viscosity of poop whether it's solid or runny is that what I do on poop FM is that your podcast Matt do you talk about the taste of shit how some shit tastes different how some shit tastes just like the food that ate that was ate that created the shit but some shit tastes way different and you never expect which foods produce that result is that your podcast is that the joke well for that provocation alone i believe this has to be the match of the week now i was about to get my little sweet tookies tuckus pounded again pounded um i didn't get off to a great start i was back and forth all day Tannehill or Foles Foles fucking sucks Tannehill I don't know and Tannehill at least I said well I, lo- I love having a player in Monday night especially when the other guy doesn't because you, you know exactly what you need it makes it fun but I said I'm not really gonna start fucking Foles he could get benched so I'll go with Tannehill and AJ Brown drops a dime touchdown that's I could have had a, I could have had what 18 points out of 10 that's exactly what I want that's all I want that's all I needed that's all I needed except they get 11 fucking fucking stupid titans but uh matt's also off to a slow start with uh the titans defense going for negative three so double-edged sword there other things that make this game this matchup particularly interesting all throughout the week i'm seeing his projected total go down mccaffrey out david johnson out chris carson out get him out of here (laughs) she's got a great ass you gotta watch that pacino clip type in pacino great ass (laughs) where did this guy learn to act it's the fucking weirdest thing i've ever seen it's actually in a movie called heat the other interesting part of this is that his two quarterbacks the number three and number five scoring quarterbacks on the year josh allen and kyler murray are playing each other so if they have a shootout that's doubly against me but oh wait look on the other side of the aisle there's me playing christian kirk and chase edmonds you better hope those two don't score i'm just gonna grab a little bit of your points and i'm gonna get some too delicious touchdown let me have let me have a taste um anyways so that's it. That's your match of the week. We're looking forward to that. Oh, what else is important about this? Whoever wins this is in first place in the cuck division. Is that important? Yeah, I think that's pretty important, dude. So this is maybe the biggest fucking matchup of the year. I always fucking lose to Matt. Always. This is my fucking week. Come on. I'm looking at you, Ayuk, and Lockett. Let's have a good game. Let's have a good game, baby. And uh, let's have a good week. We'll see you next time. There'll be no leaves. We'll be feeling good. We'll be feeling right, baby. Um, All right. I'm going to let my dog out of the cage. He's out of the doghouse for now. Bye-bye. This episode of Scoop FM was brought to you by Honda. Let's go places.